This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about college football. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Sitting across from me in the, our lovely downtown studios is Evan Grant, who's not so lovely, but, you know, it's okay. That's right. That's right. We had our Rangers podcast, and we talked about uh, what they might be doing. Now we're going to have our little colleges podcast. Yeah. What do you need to know about colleges? Um, Who's your final four? Uh, it's a good question. You know, I asked somebody yesterday uh, this question. Yeah. If Tua, yeah, Tagovailoa, yeah, is hurt, yeah, does Georgia he have is a hurt. chance? If he's if he's legitimately hurt, does Georgia have a chance? Are you saying he's faking his knee injury? No, I mean like if he misses, if if, if he if he's sure they got a chance incapacity. I don't think that Georgia would have a chance anyway. He, he, he said Georgia wins if if Tua is really hurt. Your friend said this? Yes. Does your friend know anything? My friend is a columnist at another paper. Is it yes. Mark Bradley? Is that yes. who we're talking about? Yes. Why, why can't you just say Mark Bradley? It's not like you're burning him. He's not going to get fired because of that. I hope not. And, of course, he might be a little prejudiced, too, being an Atlanta guy. I would not call Mark a homer. I'm calling him a homer. All right. Well, right we'll when we see him on Sunday, we'll tell him that. <laughs> no, Mark's a great guy. Uh, yeah, I think they had a chance. So anyway. I mean, that's that, that. That to me is what it comes down to. Um, and, and then that would also complete create complete chaos because yeah. if you have if you have a one loss Georgia team with a win over Alabama, obviously they're in. Yeah. Uh, if you have a one loss Alabama team and their losses to Georgia in the SEC championship, yeah, you're gonna put that. You're gonna keep them out. They've looked so far head and shoulders above everybody to this point this year. Um. And then, you know, you've got an unbeaten Clemson team. An unbeaten Notre Dame. An unbeaten Notre Dame. Uh, you know, I'm going at running the risk of having you just go crazy again. That was what I wrote Saturday, my column. And I said that, that there's a possibility if that happens, if, if Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title game, then you've got, you'll have three, conferences, three Power Five conferences shut out. The Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big 10. All shut out, right? And I think which I a, think is actually the majority of the power five conferences. Yes, it is. It would be it would be sixty percent. So uh, they they would have a plurality there. So uh, you know it it is a uh, and I think that that very thing happening could get some of these people to say, you know what, maybe we need to expand this playoff a little bit. And uh, would that be a bad thing to to expand it? No, I think I'm all for it. You know what? 
I don't know if I want to get to eight teams, but here, but here's here's the thing about the, the expanded playoffs. Uh, and to me, the easiest thing in the world to fix this for everybody who wants to complain about it. Of course, everybody who talks about, oh my gosh, these guys are going to be missing time and missing classes. And and listen, I'm very conscious of that kind of thing. I also know that in every other sport played in college, kids miss ten times the amount of, of class time that football players do. Right. I'm not saying that football players have it easy. You know, they, they they sacrifice more of their own physical and mental health and the, than anybody else. And the bottom line is they're not going to miss class time because that, that schedule would be right after Christmas, New Year's, and it, then the week after. It would, but to me, here's how you fix now, that. The, the, my issue with this is – now you're talking about somebody playing 15 times a year as a college player. No, that's there's no question about that. But there's a couple, so there would be a couple of teams that would do risk. that. There's injury risk. Yes, and I would demand, demand some kind of compensation for these college players uh, who are putting, you know, putting their long-term careers at risk, so that we can crown a legitimate national championship and the TVs can get some more money. Well, there's there's so many things they need to do. They they have already done things like you can go back now and get your degree when you want to. You know, uh, whenever you want to, whenever you want to go back, uh, and they'll pay for it, and then as they should. But you're right; there should be some more things that happen. But here's what I say: I said you get rid of the stupid conference championship games. I'm not because you and I come from different points of view on this because we come from different conference experiences, and I I just think you know the SEC championship to me often vaults a second team into the playoffs. In your in your case, the Big 12 championship, you feel like, denies the Big 12 a chance at a playoff. So I I, I think it comes from from the co- the particular conference that you've got experience with. But what I'm saying is is that why why not just I don't I don't care about who gets in or who gets who who's out. I'm just saying if we are if we were concerned about adding another layer, then let's strip away this one, which doesn't matter. We've already seen these teams play, you know, uh, you know, from that same league what we need to know is is that is this league better than this other league than that the, the representative of this league we're we're we don't need to delineate anymore who is doing what in each one of these conferences i so, mean i could potentially be talked into if you went to eight teams um doing away with conference championship games. yeah so so to me that would be an easy way to do that or better yet doing away with the payday games oh yeah well you know there's always that. Yeah. Although this year, uh, A&M's got their payday game this against UAB, which is pretty darn good. Right. Actually, so we'll we'll see how uh, the Aggies do against that. They had a, had a pretty good game uh, uh, last week in the second half. Pretty impressive there against I, Ole Miss. I mean, that's this is again the thing for me on the Georgia on the Georgia case. The thing for me now is the difference between last year and this year is they've had a win at Notre Dame on their resume, and this year they'll have. Austin P, uh, Middle Tennessee, I think, well, some directional school, and then UMass. Yeah, and, and well, see, that's the problem to me. For me now, uh, listen, I'm not going. The, the SEC clearly is the best league, primarily because they've got Alabama at the top of it, you know, and, and Georgia's at the top of it. Uh, but I do think that they get too much credit uh, because they do play such terrible non-conference schedules. Uh, almost, almost every team plays a terrible non-conference schedule. So they're so they're skating by on that. They're only playing uh, eight conference games, so they get to play four non-conference games. Right, but 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 what the what the SEC does do a better job of than the other conferences is that they have most of their big schools 
have a non-conference rival game. They do. Florida plays Florida State. That's right. Georgia plays Georgia Tech. South Carolina plays Clemson. Uh, You know, in the past, before they became an SEC team, A&M played Texas. Right. Um, Those are the kinds of games that matter, and you always have them built into your schedule. So you've got some, a little bit more validity there, your, there is, but you you have to look at a team like LSU, which after losing to Alabama, basically fell two spots, right. you know, in, in the rankings. And then I I was there at that game on Saturday because of the Arkansas and LSU. Uh, and I'll say this for LSU: it's just like you always think they got great cornerbacks. Uh, they do a good job on defense. And the final score of that game against Arkansas, who is not very good, which is not very good, twenty four seventeen. Right. So uh, I think I'll, they were due, is, they were due for a letdown after that meeting against Alabama. They were due for a letdown. They're due for a letdown, but I think I think that LSU is a little overrated. So I, I I think they have a really good defense, but they always have a really good defense. They don't. And now I will say that their their quarterback situation is better than it has been at times in the past, but still not great. They were overrated strictly because of the win over Georgia, um, because it was a dominating victory, uh, particularly because of the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, I never, and, and I think looking at it as a Georgia fan, even though it was going to Baton Rouge and it was, you know, the LSU program, I don't think that I took LSU all that seriously based on having watched them play Florida the previous week. So I, I think that was a wake up call for Georgia, but I don't, I, I agree with you on this. I don't think LSU was that good. No. Um, I do think that you're seeing a Georgia team right now that is playing better and better, but even with Tua hurt to the extent that he's been hurt so far, and he's still been on the field. Yeah. I mean, Alabama is just – I've never seen such a group, significant difference between the number one team and the rest of college football. Well, we don't really know. Uh, I, yeah, I think they're really good. Uh, and, and this might be his best team yet, uh, especially if Tua's healthy. Um, but we don't really know uh, how they'll do against Clemson. You know, that's the thing about Clemson. they got some real – Big time talent on their defensive front, and uh, and and there's there another uh, school that's not playing much of a schedule. Uh, that's I watch the Alabama line play, and it's you can you line play does nothing for me, but you can watch Alabama on 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 both the offensive and defensive line, and just be entertained by how strong and how much they move the pile every time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Alabama's great, and and we'll and we'll it may all be a moot point. Uh, that they'll just run all through this. Here's something I want to talk about about colleges that that uh, that I don't really get now with uh, the modern athlete. The modern athlete, I like saying that. It's like a kid coming out of high school now. If I'm a quarterback coming out of uh, high school, uh, and and then since I brought up Arkansas, I want to, I want to stick to Arkansas or, or Texas for that matter, or you know any any school from the Big Twelve, um, is that if I got a chance to go somewhere, it's a pretty good program, pretty good reputation, and and I can play for a guy who's going to throw the ball, a coach who wants to throw the ball. Uh, why wouldn't I want to go there instead of going someplace right out of the box where maybe not there's going to be like two or three of me there, and I'm not going to play there. And I and I guess I'm I'm thinking that I'm better than those guys. And then when I get there, I figure out I'm not, and then I'm going to transfer. And then I'm going to have to sit out of here. I got to do all this kind of stuff. I, I think that what you're seeing is a little bit of a trickle down from that NBA thing where where Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City to go to Golden State. I'm I want to go somewhere where I can win now. I don't want. To, I'm not going to do this thing where I'm good enough 
to, to turn this program around, it's going to start with me. I think that most of these guys think now, and that's why Alabama self-perpetuates so much, is that I go to Alabama, I'm winning a, I'm well, winning a title, man. Let's take the case. I mean, let's take the case of Justin Fields at Georgia, the number one quarterback in the country coming out of high school. He goes to Georgia. He's playing behind Jake Fromm, who's a sophomore. Right. Now he's playing some. You know, he's getting in some games, getting in some series. But, yeah, I think you you bring up a good point. Like, I, he's going to a school where he could potentially win immediately, get some playing time. If he doesn't unseat Fromm uh, and he doesn't like the experience, he can transfer out of Georgia. He could go to Georgia Tech for all he wants, you know, yeah. and and still have two years of playing time and potentially, you know, put him, make himself a, a first-round draft pick at that point in time. And have had the experience of playing at the highest level too. So, yeah, I, I think in, in some regards, you know, the players players say, "Hey, a, I'm I'm got a chance to be the quarterback at Alabama or or Georgia or, or Texas or whatever program it is. B, they've got a chance to win, and, and C, they've got a chance that you know I can transfer. I, if I transfer out of this conference, I may not even have to sit out a year. You know, Jacob Eason didn't sit out a year going to Washington. So. Right. Um, the opportunity exists for guys, uh, and, and and I think I think if you're a college football player, um, in that situation, why not? You know, why not take a shot and say, okay, I'm going to go somewhere where I think I can start, and it's the best program in the country. And if it doesn't work out, I can go somewhere where I can still start. I guess that's a, that's the way they look at it. To me, though, it's like how many Alabama quarterbacks are playing in the NFL. You know, how many Texas quarterbacks are playing in the NFL? You know, uh, to, you know that's a, to me that was that was the way it used to be back in the day. It used to be that if you were when everybody was running stupid beer or wishbone or whatever, and that's why Tommy Kramer goes to Rice uh, because they're throwing the ball and he ends up playing a long time in the NFL. Uh, you you kind of had to do that if you were that quarterback back then. You don't have to do that anymore. Although I still say, you know, uh, I think I'd rather play for Chad Morris. At Arkansas, if I'm a quarterback, then then maybe play for for Nick Saban in Alabama. I, I'm thinking that maybe they're going to let me, they're going to let me show off what I can do a little bit more at Arkansas than what Alabama's going to do. Uh, I mean, I I think if you're about being part of a winning team, you're about being part of a winning team. I don't know if the kids are. Uh, yeah, I just don't know about that though. That's that's the thing I need to know. I don't, I need to know what the, these kids are thinking because it's it's interesting to me that you these kids today these kids today they pile up at places where why wouldn't you want to just go someplace and play now? I mean, if you're looking at if you're looking at the teams in the Big Twelve, let, let you can go pretty much top to bottom here, except for Oklahoma. You know, you could say say, man, I can outplay that guy. I'm better than that guy. Right. You know, you could just go one, two, three, four, five, and and. Yeah, but here the we same, go. I, I'll give you the Georgia case. Jacob Eason was going nowhere. He yeah. was he was you know he was going to be their quarterback. Gets hurt, you know, in his sophomore in his sophomore year. And here comes this true freshman, and now he's you know playing a national championship game. So anything can happen, right? Oh, absolutely. That, that that's that's right. You're one you're you're one knee knee sprain away from being the quarterback, whether the coach deems you ready or not. Yeah, it is true. I, I know the guy when when uh, my oldest son Jake went to college and played D three in Mississippi, and he only played his first year, and then he uh, then he switched to golf, which I thought was a good move. Uh, but at any rate, the kid that was from Coppell, uh, who was the backup quarterback as a freshman, uh, ended up being the backup quarterback for all four years. And and I think that's a tough thing to do. Uh, that's the problem with quarterback. The position is that there's only one of them at a time. And uh, it's just – it can be really tough. And I, and I understand – you know, I know that a lot of fans think it's – and Nick Saban thinks it's terrible when these kids are leaving school all the time. 
And and my feeling about it is is that and this is tough. Uh, you, sometimes you were sold a bill of goods on whether you were going to play or not, and what was available to you. And uh, so it, it is a difficult situation, and that's why I think I'd rather go someplace where it looks like it's it's uh, set up for me to play here. Now, <clears throat> I just want to say that when you started that whole conversation and you said if I was um, a high school quarterback yeah, um, and I thought you were going to talk about talking about who you wanted to play for, um, I thought you were going to say, now how about that Zach Smith <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach Smith! Did you tune in Sunday night for Zach Smith's Twitter rant? The, uh, I, I, the I, former I, Ohio State. Uh, who's at the the nexus of the whole problem there at Ohio State with his wife, assistant? And, yeah, yeah, and uh, who got Urban Meyer suspended uh, temporarily? He's trying to get Tom Herman fired. He is trying to get Tom Herman fired. He's saying a lot of crazy things now. Now, let me just say this: uh, you can do whatever you want. We're another football coach is concerned that's you know you want to be considered cutthroat and everything that's fine but he basically tried to drag um herman's wife under the bus uh with him well he he says that that it was tom herman's wife that was the you know who got him fired so that's why he's doing all this listen that's something that gets because tom herman's wife is good friends with his ex-wife courtney smith right who was by all accounts, involved in some kind of domestic abuse situation yeah. with Zach Smith. Right. And everything that I've read indicated that uh, Michelle um, Herman was nothing more than a voice for her to talk to and that loaned her some money. They loaned her some money, yeah. uh, And I'd want nothing else from a friend at that point in time. My point is this. Coaches, wives, and families are off limits. Uh, and what he did on Sunday night, there's – there's nothing about that that is acceptable. It it, it reeked of of sadness, despair, whatever might be left of a football career. That was career suicide. This is not a guy who will coach at any level again. Well, he wasn't going to get another job anyway, probably. I think he knew that, and that's why he did it. Now he's just taking down whoever he can with him. Uh, and it, that's just gross. Well, it is, and uh, it, it's interesting that, uh, that he would uh, – uh, that Tom is, Tom has continually uh, come up in things that uh, um, over the over the two almost two years he's been the head coach of uh, at Texas off the field. I, I'm not sure all these things were his fault, uh, uh, but it is interesting that um, it's been a kind of tumultuous time. I would say for him as a head coach. Now he's he's turned this team around uh i think you know they're not great and uh the, texas is not back i think we can officially declare that after, texas is not back after and i didn't get a chance to talk with you about this in person but after sitting through at in my <clears throat> i was about eight rows from the top of uh daryl k royal <laughs> stadium you can uh, see everything from there oh man you can see, see san antonio yeah i was gonna say you can see new Braunfels, but um that was not a good game. You enjoyed that game, Texas West Virginia. Well, I, I, I enjoyed all the. You know how that is as a as a writer. You're just wanting to see things to write about, 
Uh, and so there's a lot of, you know, the, the, the officiating was just crazy, I thought, in that game. 20, 22 penalties, right? Was it 21 yeah, or 22? I think that, uh, well, and West Virginia ended up with 14 right. for 140, I think. Yeah. Uh, which was, I mean, they had they had uh, like 95 at the half. I, it was, I, I mean, that was, so we went as a family, right? Because it yeah. was Natalie's sorority's parents weekend. Yeah. Um, and the four of us were there. And uh, Nick and I were sitting there and we're just, you know, it's just, it wasn't, the first half was not entertaining because there were so many stoppages of play. Yeah, it was slow, but you know, as as I told you, uh, somebody who covers baseball for a living should not be talking about dragging play. That's true, but I mean, that was a four hour and five minute game. Yeah, it's a good thing it started at two thirty. I was glad about that because uh, I would have made that drive back even worse. But I, I came away from that game with the same thing. The same thing. Yeah, Texas is not back. Texas is not horrible. Um, they've won some. They've won a couple of big games under Herman. Uh, well, what's happened is but he's, I think he's found a quarterback. Too. You know. I've always liked Sam Ellinger. I, I liked him even when uh, uh, last year, even when he was – I thought he was clearly playing with a concussion well, at, at least once. Michelle's become a – he's a non-factor. I mean, Sam Ellinger is a quarterback, obviously. And he, he's a, he presents a different dynamic. You know, Shane was not a runner at all, and, and, and Sam's a big kid. I think Sam throws better on the run than he does in the pocket. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I, you know, in that, uh, the, at that game, you know, against West Virginia, he made some really nice throws. He also made some really poor ones. Well, but I thought that most of the, the poor throws he made were to wide-open receivers yeah. when he had time in the pocket. And I thought more of the – of the plays that he did make were, you know, on the run when, when things do start to break down, you know, coverages do start to break down and everything. But I think he created an awful lot with his ability to move around back there. Yeah. And I see that's made all the difference in Texas. If you look back, you know, we talked about this before, basically going back to Colt McCoy, uh, they haven't had any real quarterback play. And so that's one of the reasons why they haven't been very good. Their defense is a little bit better. Uh, the problem is they can't seem to keep all their starters on the field. They're always being suspended for one reason or another. Well, and and, and so that is that is hurt Texas. Uh, Chuck Carlton wrote today uh, uh, for the Dallas Morning News. Uh, you know, Texas has become the prototypical Big Twelve team, which is not what Tom Herman wanted. Tom Herman wanted the same thing that Mac Brown always wanted. Mac Brown wanted to have an SEC team. He wanted to have a big time running back and a really great defense. Uh, and that's what Tom Herman wants as well. It just hasn't worked out that way. I think it's incredible to me that not only has Texas struggled to find a quarterback too many times, Texas has struggled to find a running back. And, and how is that possible at the university of Texas, Agreed. Uh, the home of, of two Heisman trophy winners at running back could but not that, come up with the best running back in the, in the league. But that's, I mean, that's just a, in, I think that's, endemic of the entire Big 12, you know? Well, it is. Uh, the Big 12 is less uh, – the Big 12 as a whole is less of what it used to be uh, because TCU's not very good, Baylor's not very good, and those were two of the teams that were really helped give the reputation. But who was the last great running back to come out of the Big 12, out of a Big 12 school? Ricky Williams. Right. You know, uh, probably the last. And I don't know that I'd consider Ricky head. Williams a great NFL running back. Pretty good. He was good. Yeah, he, he wasn't pretty good. I mean, I was gonna, the, the name I would have mentioned was LT. I mean, obviously TCU wasn't in the league at that point in time, but right. I'm, I'm talking from one of those schools. That was the, the last great running back that came out of that league. Yeah, uh, or out of a school. That's well, but they just it wasn't it wasn't modeled that way. The, the the model was that we're gonna we're gonna throw the ball. 
and right. uh, and 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 some of the teams still do. Like uh, West Virginia in particular, they they throw it as well, throw it and catch it as well as anybody. Uh, and 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 this me being you know Mr. Bias SEC fan, I still think, and I know that that the SEC schools run a lot of of, of options and, and some spread type formations as well, but you still see some like just plain old fashioned play action and yeah it works yeah. you know when you've got running games involved and you can use that play action fake and you can actually you know deceive the defense a little bit it is so effective at getting separation for your receivers and i don't see anybody in the big 12 doing that with any effect i, I th- well you would have seen it more at oklahoma if rodney anderson hadn't been hurt right. he's really good uh and so that would have that would have made a difference and of course you can't complain about oklahoma's offense their offense is as good as anybody in the country is it weird to like play action passes well it's a little bit specific i mean you know? i i just still i mean it's 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 a you know it's a 30 40 year old part of, of of the game you know when you first started involving passing but it just works well i mean that's that's, uh, that's what the cowboys are trying to do now right. that's, why, that's why they added amari cooper so they could have a play action you I, know so I mean, if you really want to have balance then okay so you've got some balance right and now you've got teams thinking both run and pass and if you make them actually have to think in the middle of the play which way is he going all of a sudden, you've got you've got a more effective weapon at creating separation. So, in the Big Twelve championship games, since you like championship games so much, if it ends up being West Virginia and Oklahoma, which is what it should be, uh, who wins? I, you know, my, I'm just going to go. My only experience really with West Virginia was watching that game against Texas. Yep. Um, and and Greer made some nice throws and made a great a great drive at the end. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to take a great Oklahoma. two point play. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take Oklahoma. Uh, I think it's going to be really, I, I, here's what I think will happen. I think that, uh, West Virginia will win in Morgantown, uh, when they play there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think, I that, do not, I think Oklahoma will win. I was just not that impressed the, with West Virginia, especially with the fact that they, and the, the officiating was bad, but 14 penalties, you know, you still, you still committed a lot. I, yeah, I need to know. I, you know, I have to say this. I don't know what their history was before that right. uh, on in penalties. I would think that that was kind of an aberration probably. But we'll, we'll see. I, I do think that, uh, that, for, that for me, um, uh, I think Connor Murray's doing a great job at Oklahoma, a much better job than I thought he would do. I still he's not a pure passer like Will Greer is, uh, and 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 now listen, the Oklahoma receivers are also really good. Uh, they they're really fast. Uh, that's that's going to be a lot of fun to watch that game. Now that is going to be a prototypical Big Twelve game between West Virginia and Oklahoma. That game the the over on that will be about I'm going to say about 110 probably. You know when uh, I just say this, um, so Nick and I were. Georgia was playing um, Kentucky. Yeah. And he, my stepson's school, he went to Arkansas, but he's a Florida fan. Um, Florida was playing. You can't just pick a team to be a fan well, of. Well, his mom and his birth father both went to Florida. His birth father. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he's a Gator fan. Um, it's baby daddy. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, he's a Gator fan, and at the same point in time that Greer's like leading this comeback for West Virginia, Florida's replacing its quarterback. And yeah. you know, he the Gators really could use could use Greer right now. Yeah, they do not have a good quarterback situation. No, they do not. Um, but uh, uh, I, I think before we get out of here and before we go to David Moore, I think it's time to give the first um, 
uh, second of silence uh, in um, honor of Bobby Petrino's career. <laughs> not worth a minute, not worth the full minute of silence. Oh, but, uh, now you see, you're not even mad about Bobby for all the other things he did before he got to the Falcons. Oh, I, I think he's the most detestable guy in, in football history, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he did stuff with the Falcons. He did stuff at Louisville. Both times he did. I think we know he had quite the experience at Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, he did. Um, I think as a father of some Arkansas co-eds, you're probably happy he's nowhere near. Nowhere <laughs> campus on a motorcycle. Correct. Uh, yeah. Do you think Bobby's ever going to get another job? I don't know. I, you know, Mark Vaccaro um, wrote something yesterday on Twitter that uh, thought that, you know, said it pretty well. It seems like everybody understands when somebody loses their job, it's not something to celebrate, except in the case of Bobby <laughs> Petrino. I mean, he is he is reviled by just about everybody who's come in contact with him. He's got a great offensive mind, but he does. You know, he was doing a great job at Arkansas. They loved him. I mean, you know, he was he was more popular than any coach. I would bet you more popular than any coach they'd had since Frank Broyles. I'm telling you, they loved him. And then uh, that all just obviously blew up and fell apart. Uh, just like that motorcycle. Just like that motorcycle. Of course, I I'm not even sure I ever really buy in that story either, but I like it. Brian sent us. We got to wrap it up now. We got to go get David. Uh, so, uh, so for us and Bobby Petrino's career, so long, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the College Football Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.